Hello, this is Archbishop Bernard Hebda of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. Thank you for listening to the reading of my post-synodal pastoral letter, You Will Be My Witnesses, Gathered and Sent from the Upper Room. This letter is the fruit of three years of the faithful of the Archdiocese praying and listening together, both to the Holy Spirit and to each other. Whether you are practicing Catholic in our Archdiocese or in another diocese, or are unaffiliated with any faith community, my prayer is that you might find the letter honest, accessible, and engaging. My hope is that you prayerfully listen to it or read it, and then discuss it with your loved ones, your small group, or others who may have listened to it or read it or might be interested in doing that. For a digital version of the letter, along with the Year One Synod Implementation Plan and other resources, please go to archspm.org slash synodletter. Again, thank you for listening, and may God bless you and your loved ones. You will be my witnesses, gathered and sent from the upper room. Post-Synodal Pastoral Letter to the Faithful of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. Introduction 1. Gratitude for the Blessings of Our Archdiocese Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, it is with great gratitude to God and to you that I write this pastoral letter. The exhortation of our patron St. Paul to the early Christians in Thessalonica captures well what is in my heart. We give thanks to God always for all of you, remembering you in our prayers, unceasingly calling to mind your work of faith and labor of love and endurance in hope of our Lord Jesus Christ before our God and Father, knowing, brothers loved by God, how you were chosen. I feel blessed to shepherd an archdiocese in which the work of the Holy Spirit is so evident. I think, for example, of our strong, vibrant parishes with rich liturgical traditions, inspiring social outreach and Eucharistic devotion, talented and devoted clergy, long history of generous and insightful lay involvement at every level of archdiocesan life, two strong seminaries, including programs for ongoing clergy formation, deacons and lay leaders, plentiful vocations to the various forms of consecrated life, the permanent diaconate and the priesthood network of excellent Catholic schools with growth at every level, transformational ministries and apostolates that have arisen here and continue to call our archdiocese home, and abundant ministries that demonstrate our commitment to Catholic social teaching, the sanctity of life, and the dignity of the human person. It is clear to me that we have rich soil into which the seeds of the Synod have been sown. 2. Gratitude for the Synod I am also so grateful for how the Synod process itself has unfolded these past three years in ways that far exceeded my expectations. Undergirded with prayer and guided by the Holy Spirit, you, the faithful of this local church, have stepped forward to share your ideas and dreams for the future, as well as your hearts and longings, past and present. A sign of hope for me was the dedicated work of the Synod Executive Committee, a group made up of women and men, laity and clergy, volunteers, Archdiocesan Catholic Center staff, and parish staff. Their work was evidence for me that the fruitful collaboration called for by Christ and His Church can be a reality, and that synodality can be an ordinary way of church life. All of this leaves me ever more confident that the Holy Spirit desires to bring about a great renewal in our local church. Section 1 where we have been in the synod process. 
3. An experience of unprecedented difficulty meriting an apology. When I arrived seven and a half years ago as the temporary apostolic administrator, our local church was undergoing a tremendous trial, due principally to the scourge of clergy sexual abuse. I am grateful that we now find ourselves in a very different place, due to the dedication, sacrifices, courage, prayers, and collaboration of so many survivors of abuse and other members of the laity, clergy, and archdiocesan staff. Yet I also realize that for some, despite the good work that has occurred, these days are still difficult due to the long-term effects of abuse. For those experiencing the deep burdens of having been abused or of having a loved one suffer abuse, and for those scandalized as a result of the failure of the archdiocese to protect the vulnerable, I am sorry for the actions and inactions that caused so much pain and ask for your forgiveness. I pledge that our efforts to protect the young and vulnerable and to support those who have been wounded will continue, even as we now expand our focus to include other aspects of renewal. 4. Why I Called a Synod When I was the apostolic administrator, I had the sense that a synod process, in addition to all the work being done to atone for the past and build safe environments for the future, could help a new archbishop, whoever that might be, to rebuild trust and clear a path for healing, an experience of overcoming evil with good. By the time I was appointed archbishop and had come to know the dedication and talents of our priests, deacons, and consecrated women and men, and witnessed that we have such a well-educated and generous laity, ready to roll up their sleeves, I was even more confident that my hopes for a fruitful synod could be fulfilled. 5. Principles that shaped the synod process it became clear with time that an effective synod process would need to discern and establish clear pastoral priorities in a way that would both promote greater unity and lead us to a more vigorous proclamation of Jesus' good news. Furthermore, it seemed that the synod process would need to be grounded in parish life. For most Catholics, the parish is the primary encounter with the church. If we are going to be healthy and credible as an archdiocese, we need to have thriving parishes. These foundational understandings shape the design of our synod process. 6. Consultation Grounded in Prayer and Listening Our process was shaped by Pope Francis's hopes for a listening church, one in which we listen to the Holy Spirit and to one another. The Holy Father has consistently taught that for such listening to be fruitful, it needs to be grounded in prayer. For the last three years, we have been praying for the success of our synod, asking in particular that we might be able to hear the Holy Spirit as we carefully listened to each other. The efficacy of that prayer was powerfully experienced, as prayer and listening have been hallmarks of our synod process. Pope Francis asked all bishops to strive to listen for the heartbeat of the faithful, as with a stethoscope, so that we could both assess and understand the health of the body of Christ, as well as discern the desires of its heart. This is precisely what I was striving to do in the synod process. It was always my intention to follow the Spirit, wherever that might lead, without any preset agenda, to focus upon whatever themes would arise within my competency to address. When I applied the proverbial stethoscope to what had been shared by the many thousands who attended the 2019-2020 prayer and listening events, I discerned three focus areas. Forming parishes that are in the service of evangelization. Forming missionary disciples who know Jesus' love and respond to his call. 
forming youth and young adults in and for a church that is always young. These three focus areas set the framework for the remaining rounds of consultation, including the Archdiocesan Synod Assembly, held over Pentecost weekend 2022. 7. The June 2022 Archdiocesan Synod Assembly exceeded my expectations. Whenever I recall the Synod Assembly, my heart fills with great joy and gratitude. It was an extraordinary event in which 464 voting members gathered to learn, discuss, pray, and vote on 40 Synod propositions. I remain grateful for the generosity of Creighton Durham Hall High School, Holy Spirit Parish, and the Cathedral of St. Paul for the exceptional hospitality that they extended those three days. I am also grateful for the hundreds of volunteers who helped make it such a beautiful experience. Many participants commented that the Holy Spirit was clearly present in the three Masses that were celebrated, in the extraordinary prayer meeting at the Cathedral, and in the discussions among the Synod members throughout the weekend as we grappled with the Synod propositions that were under consideration. Those propositions had been carefully articulated to reflect the fruit of the three prior rounds of consultation. The full text of the Synod Propositions and Synod Assembly voting results are included as an appendix to this letter. I remain convinced that this voting gave voice to the Holy Spirit through the Synod members and resulted in a great body of inspired feedback. These past months, with the Blessed Virgin Mary as my guide, I have pondered this input and meditated upon it in my heart. Now it is time to join you in considering the key question, what then should we do? Thank you for listening to this episode of Archbishop Hebda's Pastoral Letter, You Will Be My Witnesses, gathered and sent from the upper room. For a digital version of the letter, the Year 1 Synod Implementation Plan, and additional Synod resources, please visit archspm.org synodletter.